Hello and welcome to Gabagool and Roses, the only leftist Sopranos podcast. I'm John, joined as always by Ben and Rachel. And today we're going to talk about season one, episode three of The Sopranos, entitled Denial, Anger, Acceptance. I wonder what that's about. <laughs> it's about grief, baby. Mm. Okay. All right. So, first impressions, what did we think about this episode? Ben Ben has sworn himself to silence about this entire episode. Um, I loved it. There is a lot to discuss. There is a lot to talk about in this episode. And I will I will be sitting over here with my mic off, so Uh, I already canceled myself for saying that this episode has a lot of Jew stuff in it. Yeah. Some Jew stuff might be not great. Listen, I know you. I know that you know you didn't mean anything by it, so I do oh, no, forgive I did. you. I did, though. <laughs> Sorry. We're taking this in a new direction. We're Nazbol now. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. No, we're not. Okay. So, a good episode. We're excited. We're going to talk about denial, anger, and acceptance. So, let's... Get right into the Jew stuff. Um, so our our adventure of the week uh, involves uh, Tony being contacted by Shlomo Tettelman, um, the head of a Hasidic Jewish family, uh, who needs Tony to talk his son-in-law into giving his daughter a divorce, um, which in apparently the Hasidic tradition requires a get. Uh, a payment. In this case, the son-in-law is requiring 50% of the hotel that he works with his uh, father-in-law, uh, Shlomo. Uh, he wants a 50% stake in it. So that's the the basics. That's where we start our Jewish stuff story. So we're start. So we're gonna just we're gonna just go ahead and start off with the Jew, all the Jewish yeah. stuff. All Let's right. Um. Well, <laughs> there's one really good joke that kind of kicks us off, which is uh, when they're all in the hospital visiting uh, Richie, and Richie uh, <laughs> they're asking their one Jewish friend about Hesh. what, the, yeah, Hesh, what, uh, <laughs> what, basically they don't know what Hasidim are or Orthodox Jews are. They're just like, the guys with the hats and the curly hair. And uh, and Hesh goes, oh Hasidim, and <laughs> I think who is it that goes? Polly. Polly goes. Of it's Polly. Polly goes Hasidim, but I don't believe him. <laughs> Which isn't anything. <laughs> it's so That's not anything. That's not like I can't believe it's not Hasidim. It's not. Oh my god. I I see him, but I don't believe him. Isn't yeah. anything. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Love Polly. He doesn't repeat the joke immediately this time. Right. Least. Yeah. Do you hear me, Sal? I said, I seen him, but I don't believe him. <laughs> Richie gets tired. Richie, Richie prompts uh, Hesh to say, all right, let's all go get a cup of coffee. Everybody leaves. Well, how about this? Don't fucking go visit your friend in the hospital uh, and then just like talk about shit that they don't want to hear about. Like, be considerate. So yeah. just try to be chill but they all just immediately launch into their dumb bullshit like Richie is clearly fed he's fed up when they come in with the guy that Mikey works, Palmisi yeah who works Junior's for Junior's body man for Junior yeah. that's right and then you know he's like excited to see his friends and then his friends just fucking annoy the shit out of him right you know it's this is basic etiquette don't be annoying when you go visit your friend with cancer Definitely, yeah. Mikey Palmisi is talking about all of the guys he knows with cancer. As soon as he leaves, Richie makes a joke about it to the other guys. And then immediately, Polly, of course, starts talking about cancer treatments again. They call him out for it and say... He does. He don't want to hear about cancer, but then they immediately start talking about their bullshit with the the Hasidim. And then it's it's, uh, Shlomo Tettelman and his uh, his son, uh, Hillel, who warns... Uh, Shlomo, that he's creating a golem. A golem, yes. This is great. Um, so I was very excited to see my culture represented on t- on, <laughs> on the show. Um, yeah, That's there's golem culture. Yeah, there's there's a whole. Um, <laughs> I listen. Whoosh. There's a lot to get into about the golem here. 
Um, but I there's like a great Jewish folk tale about um, the golem, which is like one of the few monsters in Judaism. Oh, oh boy. Hold on. That's really good timing. <laughs> a golem just walked into the house. Yeah. The, the, the beagle is very mad. Uh, calm down. You're okay. I think she's okay now. She thinks she heard something and she didn't. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, like, the golem is a Jewish monster. Not a Jewish monster, but a monster <laughs> Jewish. Like Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's uh, like a Frankenstein. Yeah, it's like a Frankenstein, which is immediately, like, that's all. The comparison is made very quickly because the uh, Italians have no right. desire to, like, learn anything right. about a different culture. Um, and the golem becomes a, an apt metaphor for Tony. Yes. Um, it exactly what Hillel says is going to happen happens. Tony is turned against. Uh, well, we'll get to this, but everything comes to fruition that the young Hasid says is going to happen. And then uh, towards the end, Doctor uh, Melfi mm-hmm. Melfi makes um, a very interest she asks a couple of prompting questions because tony tells i don't know am i getting ahead of myself no, 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 okay so to, so at the end of the episode tony's in therapy and he's like i got called a frankenstein today and <laughs> and dr Murphy starts asking these questions and she's like do you feel like a frankenstein do you feel like you lack human emotion? And it's just exactly like like John said. Like I think she knows he's a sociopath. She's like, uh, buddy, do you think maybe you are kind of a monster? A hulking monster full of violence. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah. So so the despite the son's protestations, the uh, Mr. Shlomo goes ahead and agrees to uh, the mob's terms, which is they'll have a 25% stake instead of the 50% from the son-in-law. Um, I can't remember the son-in-law's name now, but anyway. Ariel. Ariel, thank you. Um, so, uh, who played very well, I think. I like Ariel, um, that character. So we later see, uh, last week we had a Sal and... Uh, Polly adventure this week. We have a Silvio Polly adventure. Yeah. Uh, they go down to the hotel to uh, try to talk some sense into Ariel. He's very funny uh, and disarming, um, but that doesn't work. Uh, they beat the crap out of him. Silvio tells him, uh, tells Polly to tell him he's getting bupkis. He goes, you're getting nothing. He goes, tell him he's getting bumpkiss, Polly. Yeah. He goes, what's that? He goes, it's how they say nothing. And he goes, this is how I say nothing. And he grabs the hotel bell and beats the shit out of him with it. Bumpkiss, hold on. Is that, is that true? Is yeah, that yeah, that's, uh, that's Yiddish. Yeah, bumpkiss. You've heard bumpkiss yeah. before. I haven't heard bumpkiss. Okay. Well, I'm in you've t- heard bumpkiss. <laughs> About bumpkiss. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so, but Ariel is a tough guy, and he's going to stick it out, and he's not going to be persuaded. Yes, easily. us Jews are very resilient. I think ultimately this episode is about the resilience of the Jewish people. Um, no, I'm kidding, because this guy fucking sucks. I am actually a little uh, disappointed, because he's been beating his wife. Yes. That's why they're getting a divorce, and I thought that maybe that would come into play as he's getting beaten up. Like, I want to see this guy get fucking yelled at for beating up his wife as he's getting physically assaulted, but they don't talk about it at all. They don't. It's just sort of thrown out by Shlomo as, like, the reason for the divorce at the sit-down meeting. Um, And I've kind of always wondered whether that is just something that he's saying because he doesn't want Ariel, because Ariel is, like, trying to get in his business in other ways. Or whether that's actually true. There is a, a real yeah. problem about violence against women in the Hasidic Yes, there is. Uh, there's a great documentary on Netflix. I can't remember what it's called. Um, but I will put it in the show notes. Um, that is about um, because the Hasidic communities have their own sort of police force. Yeah. Um, and because the in the culture and tradition, uh, divorce is, is not looked lightly upon. Um well, women in general are complete. I mean, they're a separate class. It's not a. It's not um, an aspect. Like it's not a sect that really values women at all. Yes. Um, except to make children 
And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of fucking sexism and, like, bullshit, misogyny, patriarchy in uh, Orthodox Judaism. Yes. And so, in this case, in this episode, it's, you know, the, the role of the woman is is a reason for why we are involving the mob. Reason for why we are going outside of the community. Because, apparently, the people inside the community wouldn't care. But, for some reason, these uh, these folks over at the pork shop will actually get off their ass for either money or for uh, or to save the woman. What's up, Shinka? Producer yeah. Shinka. Producer Shinka grab, getting on the mic. Yeah, Shinka's going to be on mic a lot this episode. Ra- Rachel makes it a point to mic up Shinka <laughs> in every episode for you eagle-eared <laughs> listeners. So, yeah, so Silvio and Polly are beating the shit out of this guy. They they can't get him to relent. He's, he's not going to give in. And then finally, they threaten to take away the one thing nobody wants taken away. His schmeckle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, uh, Hesh suggests that uh, Tony make like a moil, which, of course, is the uh, person in uh, the Jewish faith who uh, performs circumcisions. And uh, strangely enough, uh, Tony gets that reference. Yeah, that was. You're right. That is very strange. Tony gets the reference to Moyle, but doesn't seem to know what the Talmud is. Yeah. Do y'all know what? The I don't Talmud care is? what he says. Yeah. It's the like, text. Mm-hmm. The, it is the text. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I don't care what he said. Someone says the Talmud says blah 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 blah, and Tony says I don't care what he says. Okay. So he thinks that the Talmud is a person. Is a person. Yeah. Right. But somehow Moyle, he is crystal clear about. Yeah, not not a guy who I I could see going to a lot of circumcisions. Tony? No. No. <laughs> Certainly a bris, not. A bris. Yeah. Shout out to Hesh being uh, asleep at a reasonable hour on like a Friday night. Yeah. Yeah, because like the the timing, uh, like the chronology of this episode is disorienting because Tony goes from uh, from a. a a social function, a charity dinner uh, at his home, to in bed with a uh, Russian prostitute, uh, to oh, immediately yeah. over uh, to where the rest of the guys are, and uh, yeah, that was a little disorienting for me. But anyway, so Hesh is asleep with uh, I suppose that's his wife. He's got some time to to provide some pretty uh, pretty good advice, and then hang up. Does he chop his dick off or not? I assume so. Unclear, or maybe but he I think he, it up. I least. think I think he. Hmm. No, because they walk away with the twenty-five percent, right? So I think I think he does not. I think he relents. Uh, I think he relents and gives up the the, the control, so that the mob, because otherwise the mob wouldn't get the hotel. Yeah. So. But he still had to go break some kneecaps over that to go get that twenty five percent that he was promised. Yeah, for as sure. As opposed to as opposed to the uh, quantum Meroit prescribed in the uh, <laughs> shut up Talmud. <laughs> well, what what does the Talmud say about you know providing uh, you know honest services or whatever like compensation for like, like isn't that a thing? I don't know. I read I read like two Chaim Potok books and I'm I'm like now a, a knower of these things. And I <laughs> don't remember because uh, oh. I, for the listeners, um, I, a little background info. I went to Jewish day school from preschool to eighth grade, and I went to public school for high school and, in an attempt to completely recreate myself, and I lost my faith. Uh, thank God. <laughs> um, and I, like, have tried to block almost everything out, and I... The, I wrote an essay recently about Jewish anti-Zionism, and I had to dive back into Judaism a little bit, and boy, oh boy, was it just a great reminder of why I left in the first place. <laughs> it's a great article. We will, uh, Thank we're you. We're definitely going to link it in the show notes, um, but it's on the Piedmont Left Review. That's right. Um, Shout out to Piedmont Left Review. Shout out to the Shout PLR. Out. PLR. Yeah, no, it's there's a lot of, I mean, who fucking knows? I can't get into it anymore. You know, everything is vague in the Talmud, and half of it doesn't apply anymore. Um, so I have no answer for this one. <laughs> but we're also looking at a bunch of uh, 
devout Catholics who are constantly sinning. So it's like, yeah. who cares at this point? Although I will say they make some good, Tony makes some good points about like Jew, Judaism and death. Um, and the way that Jews kind of conceptualize death and deal with it, um, as opposed to Catholics. And, you know, in Judaism, we don't have anything like an afterlife. There's no heaven or hell, really. So um, they get into some, philo- they, they just skim the surface of some philosophy there. Uh, don't really dive in super deeply. <laughs> right. Well, it's supposed to, you know, Catholicism where could be said that a lot of it has to do with what happens once you die. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of the concern. Um, so that's where a lot of the analysis begins. Yeah. It is in dying you are born into eternal life. All right. Okay. Shout out to St. Francis of Assisi. Shouts out to St. Frank. <laughs> so we've, we've gone through the Titleman uh, issue with the yes. motel. There's a couple of other storylines that are proceeding, uh, one of which is is the SATs and show scheduling. Meadow and Hunter, this is a good storyline. Meadow and Hunter are studying for the SATs, and the SATs are on the same day as their choral recital. Yeah. Um, Do you guys remember taking the SATs? I do. I, uh, I mean, vaguely. I feel like I've blacked out a lot of it. I was not good at those standardized tests, and I was even worse at the SATs. I know, that's why you and I went to the same school. Right, right, yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's about right. (laughs) Shouts out to our bad school. Yeah, it sucks. Anyway. um, So they have a lot of studying to do, and I guess singing to practice. Sure. Um, So... Their solution is they got to score some crystal meth. I lost. So first of all, this really, this arc took me for a wild ride because at the beginning, Meadow, do you remember what I said in the first episode recap or Remind me. about Meadow? I was like, she is, she wants to, I can sense it in her. She wants to run off to the West Coast right. and she wants to that. like live on a farm and marry an artist, et cetera, et cetera. Boom. I'm right. She wants to go to Berkeley. I could have written this fucking character. She is dying to go to Berkeley. Hello. And she literally, she like explicitly states she cannot wait until the entire landmass of the United States is between her and her parents. Um, I relate. I relate. And I was really, I you know, I was feeling Meadow in that moment. And then I am an, I'm like a mom. So as soon as she's like talking about Crystal, I'm like, oh, Meadow, no, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> so we're going to, I, and now I'm very concerned for my dear Meadow. That's, it's, that is wild. It is wild to be like, in 1999, where, I mean, you've got Ritalin around for sure. Yep. Uh, like, to jump to crystal meth, like trucker speed, <laughs> is wild. Did you know anyone in high school who did crystal math? No, but I'm no. sure there were No, people. right? I that doesn't no. mean they weren't there. I mean, I like Meadow went to a uh, you know, suburban uh, uh was she go to a private school? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, no, we we ate each other's Adderalls and we <laughs> That is not how I thought that. Okay. <laughs> 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 no, eating ass wasn't cool in 2007. That's that's true. It was not. <laughs> so anyway, could that be the title of this? Episode? Yes. <laughs> Hashtag eating ass was not cool in 2007 is the title of this episode. Okay. Uh, so the anyway. title of our episodes are all filthy. But anyway. it is good. They should be. Yeah. Okay. All right. So she's so she's like all right her her I, Matt won't sell her crystal so. She's right. going to she's going to do the next best thing, which is go to a uh, an apartment filled with gangsters and score crystal right. meth from her gangster family members. She goes to her cousin Christopher's house. This scene apartment. was fucking wild. First of all, Drea DeMatteo looking amazing in a cheetah print robe. Looking great. Absolutely fabulous. She is the hero of that scene. Just want to say, is she? Yeah, she's... Uh, 
Okay. All no. Right. <laughs> no. Of the of the scenes, there aren't a lot of heroes in that scene. Let's say you know, that. she offers the girls a soda. She she's you and know not a she. Beer. She she refuses them alcohol. That's true. But she convinces Christopher to <laughs> to give her minor well, child cousin-in-law fucking meth. What are you talking? So that they don't. She, so yeah, that she, they don't have Ajax. She or, makes look, a Chris's, good point. Chris's instincts were correct. She's not going to do that bullshit. She just wants um, you know. So let's let's back up a little bit. Okay. So they go over there. Uh, Brendan is there hanging out with Christopher. Brendan is doing. Pull-ups. Chin-ups. Yeah. Inexplicably. Yeah, he's got one of those bars on the door frame. Yeah. Uh, and Andrea DiMatteo, uh, Adriana has uh, gotten out of the shower. She's in her leopard robe, and Chris is just hanging out smoking cigarettes. Uh, and then uh, Meadow and Hunter come over, uh, and they ask him for crystal meth. And he's like, I'm not selling you crystal meth because your dad will fucking kill me if he finds out. Um... Brendan is being a real creep. He's a pedophile. Brendan yes, is a is. fucking pedo. Uh, Epstein alert. Yeah, Brendan fucking sucks. He's a pedophile. He hits on he hits on Hunter. Meadow first. Yes. In front of Christopher, and Christopher does not react as strongly no. as he should. By the way, no, he doesn't. And then when Meadow's like, fuck you, which is the appropriate response, he moves on to Hunter, and that is disgusting. Oh, it's infuriating. But Hunter I, also makes eyes at yeah. him. Yeah. But it's gross. Because she's an idiot teenager. It's <laughs> very true. I mean, I've been there. <laughs> You're right. She is, I'm, yeah, she is probably, what, SAT, so 16 or 17. 16 or 17. This so, is not yeah. okay. <laughs> You've gone crystal meth shopping. <laughs> well, I'm thinking about I used to go to punk shows uh, in Greensboro and like at sketchy houses and I would just let like these like grown men give me PBR and I'd be like, <laughs> I wonder if he thinks I'm cute. You know, like an, it's just and yeah. looking back, I'm like, well, thank God that I did not ever. <laughs> Thank God they all thought I was ugly. No, I'm just oh, kidding. No. no, I was very cute. I was just clearly 15 years old. Shout out to these weirdos. Shout out to pop punk bands overreacting to women and being awful since forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, all right, so... Uh, so they tell Christopher that uh, if, if he doesn't sell him the crystal, they're going to go down to Jefferson Ave... And score some, and he's like, so then we get some racism. Ay, ay, ay. Those, uh, he says the Italian slur for uh, black people, uh, the M word, um, and uh, says that they'll rob you, rape you, and leave you in a ditch. Um, and they're like, okay, whatever, well, bye. And then <laughs> Adriana steps up and says, you've got to sell it to them. Isn't it better if they get it from you? Which I guess is the crystal meth version of, it's, I'd rather yeah. you do it in the house. <laughs> the party mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're going to do crystal meth, do it in the house. And you can always call me and I'll you know, make sure you don't itch your fingernails off. Um, Jesus. Tape, tape uh, oven mitts around your hands. Um, I believed all the lies they told about drugs at school, so... Uh, anyway, um, uh, so then uh, Christopher does sell them uh, crystal meth. Yeah. Which is wild. And then they do a bunch of crystal meth oh and try to study for the SATs. And we get that beautiful shot of them at the, cor- the choral recital or whatever, and they're just, you, they do a close up and great voices, by the way. Yeah. Like I said, I think in the first episode, uh, the actress playing Meadow Soprano auditioned because she thought it was a musical show so she's got pipes yeah but they're sweating bullets yeah. it's just like disgusting like sweat all over their like upper lip and like forehead <laughs> clearly yeah, high out of their mind clearly messed out for sure oy, oy, oy. Uh, there could have been a little bit more teeth grinding for me but I'll let it go. <laughs> it's kind of hard to grind your teeth when you're singing that's true <laughs> yeah that's fair uh, remember when we did drugs together, John? That was fun. Uh, what did you say on the podcast? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> You're right. Cut out for sure. <laughs> Sorry, bud. 
Way to lend it credence. You couldn't just be like, you're silly, you liar. <laughs> anyway. We got to talk about um, the uh, Artie Bucco storyline. Yes. Uh, yes. I love Artie. I do, too. Artie's having a hard time. So Artie Bucco and his wife Charmaine move into uh, a brand uh, new abode, uh, dealing with the aftermath of their restaurant being uh, mysteriously burned down and uh wouldn't you know it the insurance company is doing a second in- investigation for, for arson. arson importantly the house is in the same school district as the sopranos um do they have a kid they do okay, we will we meet haven't her met later her in the we met them in the first episode they were at the at the restaurant doing homework when uh, Artie was telling Charmaine that's that right. I got these tickets. Oh, oh, oh. Good catch, man. Yeah. That's right. They do have Ooh. small children. but So they are in the same neighborhood as Tony, but these are much more modest uh, accommodations. Yeah. Still pretty good. Still pretty not, nice house. Not, a, not, yeah. Yeah, not like uh, not some shack. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, we need to get the McMansion <gasps> yeah, McMansion. Kate Wagner. Yeah, Kate Wagner. Kate Wagner. It'd be so good. She lives yes. here in DC. I'll go get her on the uh, podcast. Oh shit! Shout out, uh, Kate sh- shout out, Kate Wagner. Yeah, check out McMansion Hell. It's hilarious. Yes, some of the funniest shit. Um, anyway, Tony Soprano definitely lives in a McMansion. Yeah, it's horrendous. Um, the there's one shot where uh, Carmela and Tony are visiting the Bucos, and there are swatches of wallpaper on the wall in the dining room that they're trying to pick, and they're just the ugliest fucking <laughs> wallpaper you've ever seen. It's just oh god, it's really the remnants of '90s uh, interior decor. Yeah. Oh my god, they're horrible. So, uh, so the idea is to help them get on their feet. Tony makes, you know, Tony insinuates to Artie, I can, you know, I can give you some seed money or whatever to start your, to rebuild your restaurant and you can get going and you pay me back. Uh, and then at the same time, Carmela, uh, says, look, I'm throwing this charity function, uh, or charity dinner and I'd like Artie to cater it. And so this causes uh, some issues between Artie and Charmaine because, well, on the one hand, as you'll recall, uh, Artie had to turn down the cruise tickets, but, oh, you know, suddenly they'll be more than happy to cater this dinner at the Sopranos house? Oh, okay, that makes sense. But Charmaine says, well, it's different. You know, we're actually going to go over there and work and you know, perform honest services. I don't know why the fuck they were trying to give you... Uh, cruise tickets which you know makes which makes the revelation that uh that tony has offered uh some startup money all that much more horrifying to charmaine no that's so. a good point yeah so while uh charmaine goes over to talk to carmella about the event and she sees carmella talk to the help the, the woman who's cleaning the house and she does this hand motion. Oh my god, this, this is incredible. Hand motion. And it's they zoom in on her French manicure. Great shot. Just, her, yeah. yeah. Her fingers look great, killing it. Uh, this come here, like <laughs> one hand clapping yeah. kind of motion. Um, uh, and, and that comes back into play later when they're actually doing the catering and she wants to call Charlene over, Charmaine over, and she does the same the same hand motion and then it's like oh fuck we're just the help to these people it reminded me of parasite yes okay yes very much so like and have you seen parasite i haven't okay well uh, run do not walk to see that one yeah folks. it's good all right shouts out parasite shouts out boon john ho <laughs> Uh, is that yeah. the one where I have to I have to get over my aversion to subtitles? <laughs> yes. yes. Okay. Don't be that way. <laughs> so, all right. It's well, anyway, good. Everyone listening to this podcast needs to go watch. Yeah, Parasite. absolutely. I will. Fine. And you will see towards the end there is a moment in which uh, two characters have a very similar uh, interchange inter- interaction uh, that. Uh, Carmela and um, what's her name? Charmaine, Charmaine have. Yes, yeah. very true. And I'm glad that this one does not end the way that it oh, ends in yeah. Parasite. No spoilers. <laughs> but, okay. yeah. Um, so, anyway, so, so, yeah. Go ahead, Ben. 
Sure. So after after the party, they're cleaning up, and Charmaine, you know, I, I think she's trying to distance herself from the Sopranos mm-hmm. any way she can. So she she finally, after decades, I guess, of of holding on to this, uh, finally admits that she and Tony had sex back in you know one summer in high school or college or whatever when um, when I guess uh, Carmela and Tony were on a break. And They're on a break. <laughs> it was a real Ross and Rachel summer. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> Carmela was and, down and the shore. <laughs> yes, she was down the shore. So you know that. So, I, I mean, why bring that up? Let's. It's. This is how I interpret it. Is it's partly a power play, right? It's definitely. It's um. Like I fucked your man. And, yeah. And, but and it's, now look at you in your big house. But exactly. She's like, yeah. you know what? You may have, like, a ton of money, but, like, I could have had what you had, and I'm much happier with what I have. And I agree with her. I think Artie is a much sweeter human being, and Definitely. I would, I agree with Charmaine. I would rather be with Artie than Tony, for sure. Yeah. We've already seen Artie break down at the barbecue about how much he loved his restaurant. Like, he's definitely a sweetie. Yeah. Uh, and as opposed to... The Gollum, Tony, um, who is a, you know, raging, murdering psychopath, sociopath. Yeah, and Carmela, like, I know I know you love her, but she she really is, like, a huge bitch in this episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no doubt. And she, like, is just, like, privileged and affluent and obnoxious about it, you know, in that white woman way where it's like, I'm not directly telling you you're trash, but I am trying to remind you that you're trash. Mm-hmm. Most Shout definitely. out to Una from Poland. Shout out to Una from Poland. Yeah. Uh, we actually get some more Una time later in the series. So I can't wait to get more Una time. She's usually very good. She's usually very good. That's right. She, she left some fingerprints on the glass. On the break front. Yeah. And that's what triggers the first, uh, the first the come first here. The first wave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So the, the last storyline is one that opens the show and closes, or cl- opens the episode and closes the episode. Oh my God. And that is Uncle Baby Billy Pussy <laughs> Jr. <laughs> Uncle Jr. <laughs> With... With Mikey, what's what's Mikey's name? Palmisi, Mikey Palmisi. Mikey Palmisi. That's Junior's so, uh, Junior's uh, back man. The consigliere. Guy who's always with Junior. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say he's a consigliere. He's more like a, uh, yeah, consigliere. Oh, sure. Yes. Fine. Consigliere. <laughs> For fucking, I think this is. I think Mikey is the most consigliere out of all of them, especially with the uh, last scene of the. I, Yes. Okay. All right. Sure. So anyway, I edit so, this part out. <laughs> whatever. Mikey uh, is convincing Uncle Junior over dinner or drinks or whatever power brunch uh, that that maybe just maybe uh, Tony might be angling to become the uh, big boss daddy uh, or whatever the head of everything, uh, and that he should you know maybe consider making a move. And nobody fucks a junior soprano, right? So, you don't see a lot of Uncle Junior. You see him, uh, you know, after after our friend uh, Richie passes away. You see him talking with uh, with Livia, helping her set up her new uh, room at the <clears throat> nursing home, and uh, and they're just talking about what's you know, what to do about everything and and the idea, which I think is it comes as a relief to everybody listening and everybody participating in this everybody watching the show is okay well, we'll just fucking kill Brendan uh, right and so you know in a real godfather ass uh, callback you know while Tony is watching it's not I mean it would be a more of a godfather thing if it were Uncle Junior watching his you know niece or whatever perform at the show choir but uh while Tony is at the show choir concert, Mikey and Uncle Junior uh, kill Brendan while he's in the bath. Right. They shoot the shit out of him. Yeah. Which is smart because, you know, the bathtub makes it e- for easier cleanup, I s- assume. Shout, shout out to the bathtub. 
Um, yeah, if you are going to commit murder, we advise that you do it. It's the official position of this podcast that you do it in a bathtub. Uh, so then uh, Christopher gets abducted by these Russian thugs, uh, and he gets mocks, mock executed um, mm-hmm. and shits himself. And he makes a huge fucking mistake because he thinks that this is because Tony found out that he was that he gave Meadow speed, right. and so he starts explaining himself. Thus, ex- they would have raped us. Yeah, thus telling Jackie or Junior's goons that uh, he gave her speed and i have a feeling maybe not i don't know but it seems like it might come back to bite him in the ass might be a little bit of foreshadowing yeah might be setting up some moves later down for sure yeah or hopefully these people are just as stupid as everyone else and they'll be like "Ah, i don't know what you're talking about yeah right how did the mock execution go great he pooped himself (laughs) so christopher yeah he gets wailed on uh, and poops himself. There's something about this this uh, scene that I want to talk about, which is that he gets abducted as he's walking away from an ice cream truck, but it's fucking pitch black outside. It is nighttime. How many times have you <laughs> gone to, has the ice cream truck come around uh, at, at night? What is going on here? It's interesting. So if you remember from the first episode when they're threatening the guy... Um, the they HMO take him, guy. They take the HMO guy. There's a there's an ice cream truck there as well that leaves. Do you remember that? Oh they yeah. They take him on a walk over the cliffs. Yeah. There's an ice cream truck there as well, and I don't know. Maybe that's. Oh my Maybe God. we're supposed to assume that the ice cream truck is part of the mob uh, thing as well, because they have been. Uh, the mob has used ice cream trucks to like run drugs and those kinds of things. And then there's the uh, there's the ice cream truck killer, the guy who did. Uh, he did mob hits uh, who worked out of an ice cream truck. Okay, so now things are starting to come together. Maybe, maybe. But that guy, I can't remember his name, but he, he later partnered up with Richard Kuklinski, the uh, the Iceman, the famous Iceman hitman. Makes sense. Um, Shouts out to Last Podcast on the Left. Oh, hell yeah. And their heavy hitter series <laughs> for uh, more information on those guys. Well, don't don't stop listening now. Listen to the rest of this fucking yes, episode. obviously. And yeah. then, right. Okay. Obviously. But if you want to know more about the sort of tenuous line that I'm drawing between two random shots of an ice cream truck and these uh, hitmen, uh, check it out. Mm-hmm. But later. So. So I think that's that's all of the all of the plot. Yeah, I think show. there's there's the scene uh, that I think is a little levity to the to the uh, series where. Uh, Tony brings Richie a, a stripper, a surprise, yeah, sex worker, um, mm-hmm. and uh, oh my god, Doctor Doctor Muffy says, I think it's very sweet you had a party for your yeah. friend. Fuck. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, so Tony gets a, uh, I'm, I'm guessing a stripper from the Bada Bing, to uh, to come by, dress as a nurse, and surprise Jackie. Oh, she's gonna take care of you in the hospital. There's also that moment where Artie and Tony have a food fight in the kitchen, um, which is like weirdly like light and tense at the same time. It is, yeah, because you don't know, is he Tony Soprano, in that moment, is he Tony Soprano mob boss, yeah. boss of New Jersey, or is he your buddy from high school, Tony right. Soprano, that you can goof around with? Right. Um, and in that moment, he's goof around, Tony. Yeah. So you see and sort of the what, what Artie... That Artie can still find friendship there. There is still something there, a reason for them to be friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and shout out to Tony for obviously now recognizing that the decision to blow up the restaurant was a must. Right. Yeah. He's like, oh no, I think maybe this is, uh, <laughs> well, did was it Tony's decision though, or did what's-his-name just do it on his own? No, Tony made the decision. It, oh. Junior kind of forced his hand because oh, Junior oh, would oh. not have the thing there. Right, right. And then Artie wouldn't take the tickets, and then he felt like that was the only, the yeah. only solution okay. left was to blow up the fucking restaurant. God damn it! Um, but it's good. I think it's it's a good move by the show. You put something like that in the first episode, in the pilot episode. It's very easy to dump that storyline 
I think it's cool to continue it on. And it does continue throughout the first season, the storyline of, of what's going on with Artie in the restaurant. Yeah. It continues to have repercussions. Well, and it's good to have Artie on the show because he's kind of, he's almost like um, a foil to Tony. He's like trying to stay removed from all of the bad shit. He's a good guy. He's likable. He's, you know... He's an everyman. And he brings the humanity out of Tony a little bit. He clearly... Tony feels shitty about the restaurant situation clearly Definitely. and he's starting to realize that the money is not what's really gonna bring it back right um so yeah i, I really like Artie. yeah and i think visiting the house and seeing like this is their new house yeah. they just got this house and still like there's a lot that Artie's gonna have to do to it they're gonna they're having to re-wallpaper the whole house is like a mess Right, it would look like any of our houses if you just moved into them, but to him, it's like a disaster zone. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, I, I think that I, I love that that relationship between Tony and Artie. Mm-hmm. All right, um, the dialectic. We're gonna do our thesis, our antithesis, and our synthesis. Something you loved, something you hated, or something you liked, something you hated, and something you kinda loved. I did it wrong again. Something you liked, something you hated, and something you loved. All right, you start, John. Uh, I will start. Okay, something I liked in this episode. I like the relationship between Christopher and Adriana is on display from the very first moment that relationship is on screen. That sort of interaction that they have is very much... The, the relationship that you'll see later in the series where she is sort of half right most of the time um, and her her intuition is better than his and she often acts as a good check on him. But anyway, not to give too much away. Something I hated in this episode... Um, hmm... I, I I don't know that I liked that it was crystal meth they were going for. I feel like they didn't have to maybe go that extreme with it. It could have just been Adderall or something like that. Um, it does it did kind of take me out of it a little bit to be like they're they're like sixteen and they're gonna do crystal meth. But yeah, that had some know. real real saved by the bell you know vibes to it. You know, for yeah. sure, for sure, it did. It did have a very sensationalized like. Oh, you probably saw a like a nightly news report that teens are doing math, um, and uh, and that ended up in your script, and that's unfortunate. But um, something I loved, um, even though she's a total bitch in this episode, as Rachel said, uh, Carmela is given a lot more to do in this episode. Yeah, and um, she gets to have her own kind of arc, uh, and uh, I love always seeing more Carmela. So that's that's my thesis, antithesis, and synthesis. That's good stuff. Rachel. Oh. Um. Okay. Uh, I did. I liked the. Um, well, let me look at my notes. Oh, I I liked the um, <laughs> when they're beating up uh, the Hasid and they're talk. The Hasid is talking about Masada <laughs> and how two hundred Jews or whatever the fuck. Oh, it was it 700, 200, whatever? For two, it was 700 views. For two years, they, you know, held off the Romans as the Romans were trying to attack them. And it, we see kind of a revival of the centuries-old struggle where the, you know, the Italians, the Romans, right, the Romans. are yeah. trying to, you know, kill this or beat up uh, the Jew, and the Jew is really holding out. Uh, so I enjoyed that <laughs> little uh, reminder of our history. Um, I did not like the chorus teacher. She was rude as fuck, and I do not like anyone being mean to Meadow. So, (laughs) dislike. Um, and I loved the beginning of the episode where Tony freaks the fuck out because (laughs) he looks at that painting in Dr. Melfi's office, and he calls it a Korshak test. He doesn't even know what it's called. And um, he's so angry about it. He's like, you're fucking scamming me because she has a picture in her office. I fucking knew that picture was a scam. Yeah, and then later it comes back because he's complaining about it's that there's a tree that's rotted out inside and Dr. Melfi goes, that tree is not rotted out inside. You, you 
interpreted that and it's a very deep moment for Tony to realize that he's thinking about his friend dying for sure for sure yeah that's that is a great moment yeah Ben all right so a thing I liked was I, I like that Christopher and Brendan finally made good and brought the truck back to uh oh yeah like I'm, I'm proud of them for doing that uh you know as much as much heaven and hawing as they were doing, they they did the right thing. Uh, I did not at all, at all, um, uh, that scene in the beginning at the at the pork shop where they're um, where they're having their meeting with the the titlements. It just I, like Tony wasn't making any sense. Like, why are you doing this? You're doing that. You're getting involved. You're interceding in a family matter. Like, and that's why you're doing it. Like, what What the fuck are you talking about? Well, he like, wants to impress uh, Jackie, right? Like, he's he wants to bring oh, them into the motel reason. business. Yeah. He's okay. trying to be, he's trying to be a clever businessman. But I agree with you. I think he's still stupid. They don't need to do that. Yeah. I mean, it's just, like, not only why are you doing it, but why are you saying the words you're saying? Like, <laughs> like, like, as soon as like I hear like, can you fucking get involved in in my son's marriage? It's like, no, fuck that, you know. Like, really look like it. No, no, I'm not doing that. Get, get the fuck out of my face. But what I loved about this episode uh, was, um, I loved how Tony at the end when he goes back um, and. and brags about how we're now in the hotel business. How uh, it's, it's Jackie who's who's dying? Or yeah, Richie? Uh, uh, Richie April. Richie. No, Jackie. Jackie April, sorry. Okay, so Jackie. earlier I said I said something about Richie and I meant Jackie. So, Jackie. Yeah. Jackie, alright. I may have said because there is, Richie April is, a, is Jackie's brother who comes in later, and I may have accidentally said. What? Jackie's you know what? Brother. It's None of us dying. know what the fuck we're talking about. Okay, we're, we're talking about the dying guy. So, um, yeah, Jackie. You know, I I appreciated that that Jackie spent the whole um, the whole episode just demurring to everything that everybody was doing, not giving a shit, uh, but finally had himself a little bit of fun. But you know, other than that, like none of this matters. What you guys are doing doesn't fucking matter. Um, you know, let me let me just fucking die in peace. Maybe I'm on, maybe I'm like in a mood or something over the past couple episodes. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> so we're recording this episode and the episode before at the same at one go here. Yeah, and like Ben, you were equally somber in talking about uh, disposing of of uh, the elderly uh, things in the previous episode. Yes. Oh, this so is what Sunday you guys... afternoons. This is what happens. It's called the Sunday Scaries, okay? And you know, like, this is, is that what it's called? Yes, this is what it is. So, uh, but anyway, the show's the show's fine. Shout out to uh, Brendan. Uh, you know, twenty one gun salute for him. Uh, pour one out for a real homie. Pour one out for uh, for Jackie. Jackie passed. Are we gonna do like a like a dead body report at the? Did he episode? die? Sure, we can do a. Uh, uh, oh yeah, Jackie died. Did right? he? I I think it's uh, unresolved by the end of this episode, but I'm not exactly sure. Oh, I don't know. Maybe he did. The Wikipedia reports the only deceased in this episode is Brendan. Okay. All right. Well. So, and I sorry, I cannot remember now off the top of my head. When yeah, because like when uh, when Junior is is hammering the. Uh, picture hanger into the wall I sort of took that to be um, I took that to be that Jackie had passed very recently ah yeah well I guess we'll have to wait for the next episode and see ah can't wait to see old Jackie again yeah so uh, Brendan is dead for sure mm-hmm. um, and, and Christopher will be killed soon alright well hey yeah. look so who do wait who do we stand Ben, who do I stand? Who do you stand in this episode? Oh, uh, in this episode, I stand uh, Hesh. I stand Hesh. Okay. He, he had he had g- the good advice all around. You know, 
Shout out to him. No, sorry. Strike that. Not Hesh. Fuck Hesh. Hesh is fine. Uh, but I stand Char. I stand Charmaine. I stand Charmaine. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's great. Yeah, Rachel. Rachel pulled me around. She she's like, I fucked your man. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> With that don't don't ASAP fur. Yeah. I can take a man if you wanna, if I wanna. Mm-hmm. How's that song go? Whatever. Something I can like take that. a man if I want to. But lucky for you, I've been watching a lot of TikToks lately. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to TikTok. Shout out to TikTok. Um, I stand Artie. I think he's a sweetheart. I like. I like to see him on the show. That's a solid mm-hmm. stand. That's a solid stand. Um, I stand Meadow. Hell if, yeah. If you're gonna go, go Hell away. yeah. Crystal meth, baby. <laughs> yeah. Let's get real itchy with it. <laughs> Let's, do uh, meth to go to Berkeley. Hell do yeah. Do meth. Take the SATs. I think if we get to a thousand subscribers, I will do meth and take the SATs. No. Yes. No. No. You heard it. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. I cannot support this. If you, I, that's a thing you might not know. It, you can just take the SATs. Oh, my God. And meth. You, you can just it. take meth. <laughs> yeah, you can also you can just take meth. You can just make it with the stuff uh-huh. in your uh, under your sink. So here's what you do. First, no, you we're gonna get shut heads. down. We're gonna. It shut costs fifty four dollars to get everything. That's right. Download the Anarchist Cookbook and make bathtub meth, meth and napalm. Napalm's real easy. It's just okay. <laughs> we're gonna get fucking <laughs> shut the fuck down. Shout out to the FBI. Shout out to the FBI, shout out Agent Smith, whoever who has to listen to our episode every week. <laughs> yep. Alright, so what's the next episode called, John? Uh, the next week on Gabagool and Roses, we will be watching Meadowlands, which is a great episode. Uh, Rachel's getting a little preview on my screen of, uh, of what that episode looks like. Um, it's going to be good. It's a really good episode. I'm excited to talk about that one. Um, so we'll be on that one next week. Um, Meadowlands. Is Meadowlands. That a, uh, is that like where the uh, Giants and Jets have their stadium? Or is that supposed to be like like a reference to what Meadow's about to do? And we're going to find the answer out to that one next week on <laughs> Gobble and Roses. So Damn it. Until then, take your meds, go to therapy, and organize for the revolution. You fucking tease. Oh, wait. Fuck. Hold on. We're going to cut that out because we didn't do any of the sign out Oh, stuff. my God. <laughs> I'm I'm Ben. You can find me at Essential Consultant. Misspelled, of course. I'm Rachel. You can find me at What Shakes Loose. I'm John. You can find me at Johnny Awful. Follow the podcast at Pod Sopranos. And until next week, take your meds, go to therapy, and organize for the revolution. I love you. Love, love you. you. Bye. Bye.